So we are just thrilled to have had uh, these baptisms in this service and then four baptisms in the first service. There's several baptisms at Aldergrove, our Aldergrove campus, and it's just so good to see God at work in people's lives. And so I hope you're encouraged already today. Um, so what I would love to do right now is just pray and dedicate the next 20 minutes or so to the Lord because... Today is a hard message from Jesus. It's a very um, straight-shooting message from Jesus, and it really dovetails uh, in an amazing way with Baptism Sunday. So we are, if you're new to North Langley, we're just walking through the Gospel of Luke. It's the the story of the life of Jesus. We've been doing it for like two years, uh, and we're in chapter 13. Uh, And so uh, there's a lot more to go. But we're trying to, what we're trying to do is really soak uh, up all of what Jesus has for us and the life he's calling us to. And so today, um, we're going to hear a challenge. It's going to be a, a challenging words from, from Jesus to, to us, really to the world, um, any, anyone who's seeking to follow him. So let's pray. Let's thank God for what he's doing, and let's dedicate this time to him. So, holy God. We are grateful for these stories, and these stories uh, represent, you know, a thousand small moments where you uh, stepped in, you affirmed your love to these people, you um, were working behind the scenes, bringing other people that were in their lives to them to encourage them. Um, We know that what we're seeing today is just the tip of the iceberg of an incredible amount of love that you have poured out upon our friends. And so we thank you that they've taken this step of obedience um, and, we, and we are grateful. And this causes us to remember our baptism. And we, look, we, we go back to that, that day when many of us in the room were baptized. And we today again want to just reaffirm uh, our commitment to follow you and to surrender our lives to you. So Jesus, I pray today you would open our ears, open our eyes, that we would see you, that we would hear your truth, Um, We love you, and we're here because of you. You've turned our lives around. You're turning the world upside down, and we're so grateful to be part of your movement, of your government, of your kingdom, and we thank you and love you. Amen. Okay, so... um, so really quick, uh, I do want to uh, en- encourage you that this is uh, a- an incredible week for, for all of us as Christians. Uh, we are be- this is the beginning of Holy Week. Uh, today is Palm Sunday. And you- you'll know, maybe you received a f- uh, kind of something in your hands uh, as you came in today, that we have services on this, this Thursday at our Aldergrove campus. Uh, Monday Thursday service, re- remembering the Last Supper, uh, the-, the evening before Jesus was arrested and uh, the Last Supper he had with his disciples. We also have Good Friday services here, 9 and 11, uh, uh, on Friday morning. Would you join us? Um, It's a very experiential uh, worship service. There's different stations um, as we remember the cross of Christ. And, and then uh, early on Sunday morning, for some of you who uh, want to be part of uh, uh, joining uh, uh, many of us by, uh, in Fort Langley by the Fraser River um, as the sun comes up, to remember that moment when the, the women came to the tomb and the tomb was empty. Uh, praise God. And uh, Jesus had risen from the dead. So some of us will gather for worship uh, early on Sunday morning. And then for, for, for many of you, you'll, you'll be part of our three services here. And here's my just small request. If you could, could you avoid the middle service? The, the, you know, the one that's perfect, perfect time. 
10 a.m., you know, and you're like, oh, there's a 10 a.m., great, I'll go. And just think to yourself, that's probably what everyone is saying. So, um, uh, you know, now me saying this, everyone's going to show up at the 8.30 and the 11.30, and there's going to be no one at the 10. But uh, anyway, if you consider North Langley your home church, um, would you just leave that 10 a.m. spot for many of you who I know are inviting friends or family members, and 10 a.m. works for you. So would you come at 8.30 or 11.30? But it will be great to, to, to worship the risen Christ together uh, next Sunday. Okay. Um, uh, by the way, I want to say something encouraging here too. Uh, it was 36 years ago today, 36 years ago today, that 50 people uh, decided to worship for the very first time together. Um, uh, and they called themselves North Langley Community Church. <laughs> and so that was 36 years ago on Palm Sunday, uh, 1987. And so uh, it is just so great. Some of the 50 are still part of our church family. And it's so great. We're just grateful for, for you. Uh, thankful for your faithfulness. Yep. And just grateful that, that a group of 50 people uh, just had this faith and this courage to be able to move to this this new community called Walnut Grove that was just kind of being developed and uh, say, we believe that there should be a church there. And so just so grateful for that step of faith. All right. Um, I came to Canada. Many of you will know I'm an American, but I came to Canada when I was 18 years old. I had graduated high school in my very first year out of high school. And it was 1998. And um, I showed up to this program called Trek at a, a small Bible college called Northwest Baptist College. And um, there were th about 30 of us here. And, um, and actually, what's really cool is that uh, Karina... Uh, Sophie and Penny, who were baptized today, their mom was part of the program that I was in. And so she was actually part of this story. Um, and that's when I got to meet Karina and her husband, Scott. But I was part of this program called Trek. And what we did is we studied the Bible uh, Monday to Thursday. And then like Friday and Saturday, we were hiking and, and snowshoeing and uh, sailing and snowboarding. And it was just unreal. And I think I saw more of the wilderness of British Columbia in that one year than I did uh, really up till now. Uh, you know, uh, so... It, it was an incredible year of, of getting to know God in creation, getting to know others, and growing in my faith in the Bible. But uh, I'm telling you this to tell you a very specific story. Actually, I didn't need to say any of what I just said, because uh, I want to tell you this story. Uh, part, of the program, part of the program was this uh, weekend, or this day, that we went and we went spelunking. Have you ever done that before? Spelunking. It's like a cool word for saying caving. Um, going into dark holes in the ground uh, under the mountain. <laughs> it's just like, how is this fun? Uh, especially, especially for those of us who suffer with claustrophobia, right? And I just, oh, it's my one thing, right? Like tight spaces, it's just the worst. And so, hey, let's make a day of it. And let's go down into the pit of a mountain through little holes and, you know, you turn off your headlamp and you can't see your hand in front of you. It's just wild. So, um, so we go down, uh, Scott and Karina can tell you, this is a true story. So we go down, and we're down, way down somewhere. I think we're like in Whatcom County, and we're down under a mountain. And there was this place uh, that I forgot the name of it, but Karina reminded me. It's called the Birthing Canal. Oof. In the first service, I forgot. It was like, like the tight place or the squeeze, but no, it's called the Birthing Canal. It's, it's, this, it's this hole, if I remember it correctly, it's this hole and you kind of put your arms through this hole and someone's on the other end and they kind of grab your hands and they pull you through this hole 
and someone's pushing your feet, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, as an 18, 19 year old, you know, uh, I remember like breathing and like my lungs like filled, like touched the sides, you know? And so it's like that, you know, and you're just trying to get through. And, um, and so I remember just this, breathe, it's an exhale and then, and then they pull you through, right? Um, does this sound like fun? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone excited about this? <laughs> uh, so it's like, ooh, we did it. Um, but I thought about that story. I thought about that story when it came to Jesus' words today, believe it or not. Um, because he is going to call for total surrender. He is going to call for a total death, right, to your old life in, in order to follow him. And the image I had there is, is, is he, says, he says following him is like, a, is, is, is like going through a narrow door. It's a narrow door. There's a wide way that leads to destruction, but there's a narrow way, there's a narrow door that leads to life. And there's a sense in which we, we breathe out, we die, we give up, we surrender. And only then are we pulled through, right? And that birthing canal idea is life. We're born again, right? We're born again into, into new life. And that's what Jesus is going to describe today. Total surrender. And I think on Baptism Sunday, that's appropriate, right? Total surrender. You know, John the Baptist was baptizing people and at the Jordan River. And we read this, Mark 1. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Imagine yourself there at the Jordan River. You're seeing John baptizing people. What would you think? when you see him taking people and plunging them into the dark water. What's going on? Some of you might be new to Jesus and you're like, yeah, it's a little puzzling. What are you guys doing? <laughs> plunging people into the water, right? What's going on? See, those baptized by John in the Jordan River and those baptized today, they all fall back into the water and it appears as though they're dying. And they are, they're dying. They're dying to an old life. And we onlookers are tempted to say, hey, you could kill someone like that. Will Williman from Duke Divinity says this, on the bank of some dark river, as we are thrust backward, onlookers will remark, they could kill somebody like that. To which old John might say, good, you're finally catching on. That's what this is. This is death, right? Baptism, it's a death to our old life. It's a death to our own way. It's total surrender. It's going through the narrow door, the birth canal, as it were, an image of exclusive love for Jesus and Jesus alone. You've got to be emptied to get through. You've got to exhale to get through. Today's Palm Sunday. And on this Palm Sunday, we remember the moment when Jesus came into Jerusalem as a king. But it was on Palm Sunday where he was surrounded by a crowd hailing him as the king, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The crowds were jubilant. The crowds were excited. The, the crowds were ecstatic. Well, where were those crowds days later? When Jesus was on trial before Pilate, the crowd had shifted. The crowd was yelling, crucify him, right? Crucify him. The way of the crowd is not often the way of discipleship with Jesus. They said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And 
only a few days later, crucify him. Crucify him. Where were the crowds when he was on trial? Where were the crowds when he was crucified at Golgotha? They had abandoned him. Jesus knew that it was a narrow door, that it would cost a man or a woman their life to follow him. It's going to cost us everything. Today's reading in Luke uh, is Luke 13, and we'll begin reading in verse 22. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you'll say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he'll reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last, who will be first, and first, who will be last. This is the word of the Lord. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. He's saying, not everyone who thinks they're following me are actually following me. Some think that they're in and they're actually out, and some think that they're first and they're actually last, and others who think that they're last are actually first. And now what's the context here? Well, he's speaking to his own people, the Jewish people, who were in danger of missing what he was up to, what he was doing. They were, they were in danger of missing out on what God was doing in Jesus, They were in danger of missing out because of their unwillingness to follow Jesus and his kingdom. They assumed that they were in because they were ethnically Jewish. But just because uh, they maybe were acquaintances with Jesus, or just because they were the right ethnicity, or just because Jesus was kind of teaching on their streets, it doesn't mean they're in. Yes, there's an amazing banquet inside, but they can only come into the banquet through Jesus. And many Gentiles, non-Jews, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying a whole lot of people who are not ethnically Jewish, they're Gentiles, um, which are most of us in the room, I think. Um, But most of us, they're going to be coming in to the banquet. And you're going to be like left outside going, hey, wait, I thought, I thought I got in because of my ethnicity, or I got in because my family had a family of faith, or I got in, you know, whatever it is. And he's saying, no, it involves relationship with me. The narrow door is right here, Jesus is saying. Notice that some of you are like, this sounds really harsh. Like, what, what about relationship? Like, if you're at North Langley, we talk a lot about relationship with Jesus. Well, I think they go together here. Notice that Jesus is saying, I do not know you. See, that's relational language. So you come to the door, it's like, I don't know who you are. Who are you? See, this is all about relationship. Make every, will, will you enter the narrow door? Will you go through that tight place? Squeeze, right? We have to exhale, let go. Will you enter the narrow door? Make every effort, Luke 13, 24, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. 
And so Jesus is calling us to uh, total surrender. And it'll cost us everything. And it's a daily walk, right? It's a daily walk where we remember, right, this is everything. This is everything. And I'll say more about that in a second. But David Garland writes this. He says, Jesus first compares salvation to entering a narrow door, which requires exertion. Its narrowness suggests that it's not a grand ornamented portal that one can saunter through. It is less frequented because it is less inviting and requires strength of will and a struggle to follow Jesus on an arduous journey of discipleship. Following Jesus is not easy, and he never said it would be easy. This is the interesting thing. If you're like brand new in your journey with Jesus, I just want you to know, um, Pastor Tim does a great job. He articulates this in a course called Apprentice Life, where right at the beginning, you need to be told, and it's not easy, right? Because I think there's this kind of weird promise that everything is like roses and, what's the expression? Roses and sunshine. Okay, yeah. <laughs> sunshine and roses, right? There you go. That sounds right. Thank you. Uh, everything's sunshine and roses, right? But, it's, but, it is, but it will cost us everything. And there's a beauty. Can I say, we obviously in our family believe in the richness of a, a relationship with God where there's joy and there's hope and there's peace and there's community and the joy of worship. Um, it's all there for sure. But it will cost us everything. And Jesus says this. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Except through me. And one of my friends on the prayer team this morning said, it's like there's this brick wall and we have no access. But Jesus punches his fist through a brick wall. And he goes, here, let's go. Through me, right here. Come. You have access to God. You have access to the banquet. I'm holding the door open. And that's the thing, North Langley. Right now, today, we live in a time where he is holding the door open to any who would come follow him. His arms are stretched out at the cross, which is a powerful image of his amazing arms of welcome. But it will only be through him. And it's like he has this escape hatch, as it were. He's like, let's go. Let's go. And only through me. It's, a, it's, it's very exclusive. It's an exclusive love. And when I think about an exclusive love, I think of marriage. And, and the only way to be part of uh, another family is through one person. The only way that I can be part of the Steinhilber family is through Tanya, through a relationship with a covenant of marriage. The only way Tanya can be part of the Price family, clan, is through me. And a covenant is established. And it's an exclusive love. And Jesus offers you that. His arms are open wide, but it will only be through him. See, he's the way because he offers his blood-stained body for the world. He's the truth because he's pierced for our transgressions. He's the life because he's crushed for our iniquity. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds were healed. And this is what everyone today that got baptized is professing. Every person coming to be baptized is saying, I surrender 100% of my life to the one who gave his life for me. So again, baptism. It's a narrow door. An exclusive love. You have to exhale to get through. You have to let go to get through. Are you currently letting go? Are you letting go? Letting go of your way of your plans, and surrendering, surrendering to him. There's a story which may or not, may not be true, but it's, it's almost like a parable these days. 
where there was this crusader um, who, you know, a thousand years ago fought in the crusades, um, killing Muslims, which is not the way of Jesus, um, who told us to love our enemies, right? And so this crusader has his sword, but he's gonna, he wants to be baptized before he goes and kills Muslims. And so he tells the priest, or whoever it is that's baptizing him, he's going to go into the water, but he's going to hold one hand, his killing hand, his hand with the sword out of the water. So you can baptize 90% of me, but just not this one. Just not this part. Just not this 10% of me. That I keep to myself. Right. And, uh, and that's sin. <laughs> right. What part of our life are we keeping above the water? unwilling for 100% of our... You watch them. It was, it was their whole body, right? It was their whole body. It was their whole life. But what do you and I hold above the water and say, Jesus, take all of me except this. This, not this. Can't have this. And that, of course, is not baptism, right? It's not surrender. Um, today, we're given a chance to remember our baptism. Do you remember yours? I went looking for a photo of my baptism. I was eight or nine years old. Here's a picture of it. And uh, that's my pastor, Pastor Harold Segura. I was growing up in, in Colombia. And my parents were missionaries. And uh, this was my baptism. And in, in our tradition, uh, they, they you know, baptize little ones like this. Um, just right when we, right when we gave our, our life to the Lord. Um, you know, so I had given my life to the Lord at eight and I think it was eight or nine. I, I, I got baptized there and, 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 uh, I, I just zoomed in, in my own, in my, the other day, I got really emotional as I looked at just the water that's kind of pouring down over my head. And, uh, and this is the first moment I'm coming up out of the water. And I look back at this moment to go, yes, God, this is what, this is what I want. <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm a sinner and I, you know, as we all do, I feel like I walk with a limp, and, um, but I love Jesus. And what happened when I was nine years old, um, I still want to be true today, that, that my life is devoted to him. And um, I didn't say this in the first service, but I, I wonder myself, um, what is it that I'm keeping above the water today? You know, what is the thing that I'm stretched out over the water? And I, for me, it's often... Um, some of my emotions. Okay, this is, kinda, this is gonna sound a little subjective and weird, but it's like sometimes certain feelings I have or certain emotions, I give it a priority and an authority that it shouldn't have. Um, and I, and I, I, I allow it to kind of take over in some ways. And even my um, emotions and feelings um, I don't want to be guided by those, right? I want to be guided by God's truth and his love for me. And those don't, and, and all of those feelings and emotions that I have are also baptized. They also die, right? They, they go down into the water. And, they, they, and even my emotions must bow a knee to Jesus. You know, even my feelings, my thoughts, my longings, my dreams, all of it, like it bows a knee to the king. And, and, and they're not my authority. So that's what I'm, I'm contemplating. What are you thinking about? What are you holding above the water? Galatians 2, we read this. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. 
The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As we exhale through the tight place, we let go, we, we, we walk through the narrow door, we're plunged backwards into the water and we trust and surrender and only then do we find life and life to the full. So, today, you watched our friends being baptized and it looked like a death. And William Willimon again, on the bank of some dark river, as we're thrust backward, onlookers will remark, they could kill somebody like that. To which old John might say, good, you're finally catching on. Northangley, what is the Spirit of God saying to you this morning? He loves you. He loves you. And he's calling you into this beautiful total surrender to him. So in what way could you see God do a beautiful work of healing in you today? As you are reminded about a deeper surrender. We're going to worship, but before we do, we're going to take communion. So would you grab your bread and your cup? We're going to take communion, and then we'll sing one final song today. But as we come to the table, we're reminded of the cross of Christ. And we're reminded of this, North Langley. Please hear this. Jesus is never asking you to do something he was not willing to do himself. Does he ask for total surrender? Yes. But he is the one who fully surrendered his entire life to the Father, offering up his body for us. And so we remember that moment. As we take the bread, would you hear these words? For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Together as one family, let's eat the bread. same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let's drink together would you stand with me we're going to pray thank God for the cross thank God for the resurrection to thank God for the new life that he offers us. And as we come to this time of prayer, we're going to sing one song together here this morning about the wonderful cross that bids us come and die. I'm going to invite our prayer team forward, and our prayer team is in the back room as well. And if there is just anything on your heart, um, I mean, it could be anything from something that is about today's message to anything going on in your life. Would you come forward for prayer? Would you receive prayer? Join our prayer team. We would love to see God working and moving in your life. And one other thing, there might be some of you here today who are at that place where you're like, I need to surrender fully to Jesus for the first time. There might just be one or two of you in the room today who are like, I, today's the day where I am feeling led to give my life to Jesus for the very first time. 
If that's you, our prayer team would also love to pray with you. And so you can just come forward and they'd love to lead you in a prayer where you give your life to him for the very first time. But again, for any other requests, come forward. Let's spend some time here in prayer. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we thank you for all of these baptisms and just the encouragement for all of us to remember our baptism. And so we do today. And I, I, I know in my own life, I'm thinking about the, the, the things that I'm keeping uh, from you and, and keeping above the water. And uh, I want to live a life of total surrender. Even my heart, my emotions, my mind, um, they bow a knee to you. And, and, and my friends here in this room, would you just continue to move Holy Spirit, heal us, draw us to yourself. Uh, we want to be a people who enter the narrow door and find life in you. Amen. <laughs>